We need to be prudent and we need to get organized. We need to find people of goodwill throughout the country, in our case, police officers, but also firefighters, to come to us that we can grow our ranks and we can inform these men that they do have options, that even though they don't feel it's right, there's a reason why they don't because it's not. And they can't be browbeaten into taking something that is against their will and against the moral law. Hey, my friends, you know, I'm sure you've heard on the news stories about people who get the jab and then, you know, keel over or things happen to them. And but it's kind of remote. Oftentimes we don't know them personally. You see these stories and we've reported on a lot of them. But you don't get to see it up close and personal. We've got someone today who's been able to see it up close and personal, personal among his colleagues. This former officer for the New York Police Department refused the vax. And many of his colleagues wanted to as well. And the consequences for their taking it in the end after being sort of forced to are just devastating. He's also the founder of a movement that is so needed in the world today. It's it's a movement, a Catholic movement for law enforcement, for police officers, military, and so on. Stay tuned to this episode of the John Henry Weston Show with former officer Matthew Reed. The church is in the greatest crisis of its 2000 year history. The church, our mother, needs your help like never before. Bishop Fulton J. Sheen said, who's going to save our church? It's not the bishops. It's not our priests. It's not the religious. It's up to you, the people. You have the minds, the eyes, and the ears to save our church. Your mission is to see that priests act like priests, your bishops act like bishops, and the religious act like religious. Those are the words of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And yes, we are called to pray and fast. We're all called to pray and fast about this. But some of you are called to lead this fight. Some of you are called to fund the effort. Where are you called? Pray about that. And heed the Holy Spirit. As you know, the Synod on Synodality is about to launch. LifeSight will be there reporting every day on what's taking place. And we already know that it will be a scandal. But we are also called to act. And some, especially those called by the Holy Spirit, are asked to speak boldly, to reject the falsehood, and stand for the unchanged and unchangeable truth of Christ and His one holy Catholic and apostolic church. If you feel that you are called to be one of those leaders, consider joining us in Rome at the end of the Synod to be there as a sign of resistance to the setting up of a false new church and as a sign of adherence to the only church founded by Christ himself. Rome Life Forum is a two-day strategy conference for Catholic leaders defending the truths which are most under threat on sexuality, family, and liturgy. Are you called to leadership in this fight? Are you called to join us at Rome Life Forum? If so, go to romelifeforum.com 
and I'll see you in the Eternal City with Cardinal Muller, with Bishop Joseph Strickland, and an army of faithful Catholics such as Michael Matt, Alexander Chugowell, Reggie Littlejohn, Liz Yor, Christopher Ferrara, Terry Barber, Hugh Owens, and many more willing to die for the one holy Catholic and apostolic church of our fathers. This is John Henry Weston for LifeSite News. May God bless you. And now, back to the program. Matt, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it very much. So let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So Matthew, if you wouldn't mind, tell us to start with your story. Like You refused the jab. When was that? How did that go? And whatever became of things, you're, you're a family man, so you had a family to take care of. What, tell us your story. Well, I was um, a New York City police officer for 22 and a half years. I was um, mandated myself and many, many other uh, well, thousands of police officers, firemen, all sorts of civil servants and private workers were mandated to get a uh, immoral uh, experimental serum. Uh, for the COVID uh, outbreak. And myself and many others refused to get it, first of all, based upon our sincerely held uh, moral objection, uh, our sincerely held religious beliefs. And um, it was something where um, that was not respected at all. We were able to submit religious exemption letters, which were very difficult to come by because there was... uh, basically a ban of priests being able to write these for their parishioners. So there was almost a black market of trying to get these in and of itself. So I did submit a religious exemption, which is summarily denied in August of 2020, and was given the option to go on leave without pay pending termination, to get the jab, or to uh, retire, which I had enough time and that I could retire, which I took that option and put my paperwork in the next day. How far were you from normal retirement, let's say? Well, I had plans on doing a number of more years. Uh, financially, obviously, I had uh, had plans laid out for what I would feel comfortable with before I left. I was not at that point. Uh, I was very fortunate, however, because many did not have the rather soft landing that I had compared to many, many others. So, I see my role as speaking for them more than myself, because many others suffered way, way worse than I ever did. But had it not been for this mandate, I most certainly would probably still be there. Tell us the stories of your colleagues who tried to resist and tried and tried. They didn't. What happened? Tell us. So there was really a um, almost a support group, a network that was established amongst many, many cops that just didn't know where to go. They had been abandoned by their bishops, by many of the priests, by the vast majority of dioceses throughout the country, throughout North America. And um, there were many, many phone calls made. Uh, Many didn't know where to go. They couldn't get these letters from priests. Um, So I was put in contact with a lot of these men. And I learned a lot of their stories, men who were uh, family men and weren't gonna be able to support their families. Some laid out thousands of dollars in attorney's fees just to try to keep their jobs. Some preemptively 
resigned and, and moved to friendlier states like Texas and Tennessee and Florida. Uh, and the others stayed and waited it out and hoped for the best. And I learned some of the stories of some of these men. And uh, there's one, if I could tell you in particular, uh, and there's two, but there's one that really, really uh, is, is quite amazing for the wrong reasons. So that this one man, he had lost his wife to cancer in 2017. He is a single father of two daughters and doesn't have much of a support network. He's living paycheck to paycheck. He's sending both his daughters to Catholic schools. He's a, a very engaged, devout Catholic man. And he understands the severity of cooperating in evil, which would be taking th this shot. So he was denied his religious exemption, but he still was uh, dead set against getting it. He went like hundreds, if not thousands of other police, firemen, sanitation workers, and others got a card that said he was vaccinated. Uh, sometime after that, the FBI raided one of these offices and his name turned up with many other civil servants name turned up as having these cards. Well, he was uh, suspended from the police department. He and, he and many others were uh, brought in for official department uh, interrogations and told that they were going to be fired and that on top of that, they were looking at seven years in a federal penitentiary for this. So as they are walking to their department hearing slash interrogation, one of them, one of these other officers uh, who were, and they're all spotless record, some of them highly decorated officers, gets a call from his wife. His wife tells him that the FBI is knocking on their front door as we speak. He turns to the attorney says, what do I do? And the attorney says, tell her not to open the door. And that goes for all of you. You do not open the door for them. So not only are they being threatened with termination in federal jail, they have the FBI knocking on their front door. So after this, my friend was given the option to get the shot or he was going to be terminated. This is the same guy and they had him up for, for having a fake card or whatever. Um, and he's big trouble for this, but then they tell him if he takes the shot, he can keep his job. That's exactly right. <laughs> of course, this makes no sense. I guess it's not supposed to make sense, but presumably they were going forward because of fraud and a fraudulent thing. And then it's all going to be dropped as long as you take the damn thing. I'm sorry. I, yeah. That's exactly right. So he's then put on leave without pay and a number of weeks go by. And he's sitting at home and not sure what he's going to do. He has a mortgage to pay. He has uh, mouths to feed and he has his daughters to put through school and he has no way to make ends meet. So he, as he described it to me in a moment of desperation, he succumbed to the pressure and he went and got the shot. And as he told me the story, it would break anyone's heart. He said, as the shot went in me, I felt the most ashamed I've ever felt in my life. And all I kept saying was, Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, I'm sorry. Over and over again. And he went home and he was just really in a, a very almost dissolute um, way. And he happens to be in the supermarket the next day. And he is pushing his shopping carriage and he, um, his heart starts to beat out of his chest. He doesn't know what's going on and he passes out into his shopping cart. He is that, then goes to the ER, 
and he's told that he has myocarditis and he has high blood pressure, which he's never had in his entire life. He is now uh, on, on medication for the rest of his life. There are so many stories of, of what went on. You, you, you're thinking, you mentioned you thought more than hundreds of people had these cards. Yes. And these are law enforcement officers who know what that means because, you know, I think lots of the whole wide world was probably thinking of that, but thinking uh, that's kind of scary for all sorts of reasons. But no one would think that's scary compared to officers of the law. That's right. That This was something where they were knowingly, technically breaking the law, but there's the law of man, there's the law of God. And I don't think they thought twice about it. And so he, as he told me the story, he said that during the official department hearing, after this was all over, he's testifying in his department hearing, and the stenographer in court who's listening to it is bawling, crying at his story, talking about how he lost his wife and all this other business that he's been through as a result. So uh, I don't think he thought very much about it because he understands that we should obey God instead of man. Hello, friends. To celebrate the momentous overturning of Roe v. Wade, we at LifeSite have minted just under 10,000 of these brand new limited edition pro-life silver rounds. Now, each round is stamped with the image of the Supreme Court of the United States featuring the date that the High Court delivered this historic victory. And on the front of our pure silver rounds, LifeSite's logo surrounded by a brilliant sunburst and draped with olive branches. They, of course, commemorate our 25-year anniversary of LifeSite News. We began in 1997 in September, so September of 2022 was 25 years. These one ounce silver rounds are available from our partners at stjosephspartners.com where you can fulfill all of your silver and gold needs in this perilous time. May God bless you. If you wouldn't mind, tell us the other story because I think these stories need to be heard because people have to understand both the gravity of what we went through because I unfortunately don't think it's over. I think it's coming back. And that kind of vicious, vicious, senseless persecution, and it's totally senseless. This was not about catching them in fraud. This was about getting them to get the jab. And that's, that's, a, that's a very good question for everybody to have. What is it? What in the world is it that's driving that insatiable need to have everyone jab? But that's for another time. Tell us that story. So there was another officer who I, I had not met personally or have not met personally. However, the same man I'm speaking about told me this story that he was a lieutenant detective commander of a squad, detective squad in the NYPD, who, as I'm told, was in very, very good shape. He was a picture of health, was dead set against getting the jab. And I believe he is another one who had one of these cards. And when he was given the options that my other friend was given the option, he succumbed to it as well. And as he describes the story, he got the shot. The last thing he remembers was getting the shot. Well, he woke up a number of days later after having had a massive stroke, and he's now paralyzed in half of his body. And he is most certainly not a police officer anymore. All around the world, this is going on, and in a lot of places, still going on now. Given what you've experienced, what you've seen, What's your advice? Because this is, it is it's, it's, not, it's not life and death, but it is life and provision for family and 
you know, what in the world are you supposed to do given this? And at the same time, as you're trying to struggle with uh, an abortion tainted jab and taking it, which is, but you're being almost forced to, you have the powers that be in the church telling you absolute nonsense. We had from Pope Francis, you must, uh, and it's an act of charity from the bishops. We got that complete insanity. But I'd love to hear your advice. You're you're yourself a Catholic, and I want to get to what the organization you're formed. You're not only a Catholic, you're a Catholic who believes and loves the faith. But tell us from your faith perspective, as well as your experience as an officer, what's your advice to them if they're coming with this kind of mandate again? My advice would be to stand firm in your faith, to understand that we have to obey God rather than man. As I spoke when I gave a presentation yesterday about this, that the civil law, there is something called the fruit of the poisonous tree, which is in civil law where if something is, if a stop with a police officer is illegal to start with, anything after that is, is expunged, it's thrown out, it's not allowed in court. But if you look at the moral law, we have an abortion tainted vaccine. How can this possibly end up as a moral good? an act of charity. It started off evil. It can never be good. We have to understand that. I don't think there's any way you can uh, twist yourself into a pretzel enough to, to explain this away. What the police officers, others need to do in, in the meantime, for the future, because I don't think any of us really believe that this is the end of it, we need to ground ourselves in the faith, but we also need to be smart. We need to be prudent and we need to uh, get organized. We need to find people of goodwill throughout the country, in our case, police officers, but also firefighters to come to us that we can grow our ranks and we can inform these men that they do have options, that they are, even though they don't feel it's right, there's a reason why they don't because it's not. And they can't be browbeaten into taking something that is against their will and against the moral law. Officers went to their unions. They went to, you know, people who were supposed to help them. They got not only got no help, they just got more badgering to just go ahead and get the shot. And how dare you question whatever, whatever. That's I, I'm so encouraged to hear about the organization you formed uh, because I think it is so needed uh, right now. As I understand, it's in the states only, or is it open even to international? It's open to international as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So tell us about it. Tell us the name and, and what it is. So the name is called the Patrolman's Fraternity of St. Michael. So what it is, it's a Catholic apostolate meant to form cops. We understand that we need virtuous men of, of faith that are passionate about our Lord and his holy Catholic Church that are going to be in the front lines in this war. And it is a war. And for men to understand that it is, that is what exactly what we're dealing with here. If we don't have ourselves, we don't have anyone. Because there's no one else at this point, unfortunately, in most respects, on a human level, that is going to, um, to really protect our interests at this point and allow us to live our lives of faith, to protect ourselves, to protect our families, protect our souls. This is a organization that is looking to expand throughout North America, like I said, anyone international. We have a, a man who's actually a, a police officer in, in the UK. And it is speaking to unions and things like that. One of our main goals 
is to provide funding in council for police officers and others who are put in a predicament similar to what happened with uh, the COVID vaccine, because we understand that this is not the last of it, and they don't really have a real good alternative to go to at this time. So that's a main goal of ours at this point. Lots goes on. It's much more than just COVID, because right now, uh, the world is in a very strange place. You've got the, you you basically got Nazism everywhere. The the government cracking down through its police forces on citizens vying for freedom. Uh, you know, because we had, for instance, the truckers in Canada, which was a peaceful protest, and the police were sicked on them. Uh, in fact, they brought in international cops, I guess, because uh, the they didn't want. You know, they wanted to be able to do some harder enforcement. This is stunning because it's it really does seem uh, in a lot of places and it's a lot of the liberal states in America and in Canada more generally um, that, you know, the enforcement is against the good, which is so bizarre because it's so you watch, for instance, at pro-life demonstrations or demonstrations that are uh, for the family and, and protecting children against this whole alphabet onslaught that's going on in schools. The cops are there, but they're kind of one-sided. And you wonder to the officers, guys, all the folks over there who you're protecting and it's kind of like you're on their side, they hate you. In fact, they're trying to defund you. And most of our guys love you. What's the disconnect? I've always wanted to ask that to a police officer. How does that even work in your minds that I'm sure some of them are on side, but they don't want to say anything. But how does that work? I think that to to really look at this this situation, this question, we have to look decades into the past. And the only way that we could have such such uh, things with with police officers enforcing these unjust uh, laws and dictates is that, for the last few decades, there has been a complete and total shedding of the faith throughout the Western world. I could speak to that quite personally with myself, the way that I was raised in Catholicism in the 1980s, the way it forms a young man or young you know, woman's mind is, uh, is quite different. And when you have the secularist agenda, which is so vastly powerful at this point, it, I would say that the police departments, the NYPD, for example, is a great microcosm for society. It's about 30 to 35,000 people. And, and what is going on there really speaks of society at large. And what you have is a highly apathetic, highly irreligious number of people within, just like there is in the in outside world as well. One thing we've learned during this whole uh, COVID lockdown is that people really are sheep and people follow sometimes for better, sometimes for worse, obviously for worse in this, this circumstance. Orders are easy to follow when it's easy for you to do it and not have to uh, do the hard thing and suffer yourself. And we live in a culture that suffering is anathema to people. Even, even men who become police officers understand that they might go out there and not live through the night. Even still, suffering is not something that many are willing to do. The easy road is easier. That's why it's called the easy road. And when we have them raised in a culture, and 
those because the police departments to this day are still predominantly Catholic in name, perhaps, but they've been raised in a Catholicism that is weak, it's effeminate, and it has not formed them to be the soldiers of Christ that they need to be. And this is pervasive throughout American policing. It's absolutely pervasive. And this is one of the things that we want to address with the Patrolman's Fraternity of St. Michael, because we understand that they hold a foreign mindset to what their forefathers had. They have been indoctrinated into a secularist mindset where they are very easy prey for those to, who are in power, the globalists and others, to use them as the useful idiots. Matthew, I just want to you to give people an idea of where they can go, find out more information, and sign up. Well, we have a website. It's called patrolmansfraternity.com. We also have a uh, an email account, a Gmail. It's patrolmansfraternitysm, for St. Michael, at gmail.com. We also have a Telegram uh, chat page as well. And I think most likely we're going to start a Twitter slash X page very soon as well. And they can find us there. Anyone can email us or get in touch with us that way. And we would love to have many join up. We like to have local chapters spread throughout North America because we understand how much this is needed. And we also understand that this cannot be an official entity within any of the police departments because we, we know that we are not uh, on the, the ins with them at this point. Matthew Reed, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.